Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solution-focused insights for healthcare executives, with new episodes airing every Tuesday. I'm Chris Cheney, and I'm the Senior Clinical Care Editor for Health Leaders. In today's episode, we'll be discussing healthcare workforce issues with Carolyn Isabel, Director of the Dartmouth Health Workforce Readiness Institute in New Hampshire. Carolyn. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here with you as well. Let's get into our discussion. What kinds of workforce shortages are you experiencing at Dartmouth Health? Well, Chris, um, I will say that so Dartmouth Health is the is New Hampshire's only academic health system, and we're also the state's largest private employer. One of the things that really differentiates Dartmouth Health is that we are located predominantly in very rural areas. Our academic medical center, as well as our, our community and critical access hospitals are all kind of spread across a, a broad, diverse geographical region. Um, and while we have so many wonderful attractions and, and safe communities, and it, it truly is a wonderful place to live, we, we really do kind of based on that rural that rural geography have a very um, limited population to draw from when when bringing people into our healthcare roles so like uh, like all other healthcare organizations nursing is a is a consistent challenge as we think about how to both grow our own regional workforce but encourage people to come and relocate here to New Hampshire but I think the areas too that are kind of second to that are those frontline team members that support operations as well as our inpatient and clinical teams. So that's roles like our, our, our technician roles from like medical assistants or radiology technicians, respiratory therapists, that kind of thing, as well as um, as our frontline teams like environmental services and food and nutrition, all of the, the, the roles and the people that are so critical to, to operations. What are the primary workforce development activities at the Dartmouth Health Workforce Readiness Institute? Workforce development has been a real priority at Dartmouth Health for about eight years now. And um, in 2014, we created the Workforce Readiness Institute, which is a licensed career school uh, that is through the New Hampshire Department of Education. The Institute, it was really created to be a, a mechanism to grow our own talent by educating and engaging trainees and apprentices to fill our critical frontline roles. Over time, our, our training portfolio has expanded and we now offer training for medical assistants, pharmacy techs, surgical technologists, phlebotomists, ophthalmic assistants, and nurse assistants. Um, on an annual basis, we have the capacity to train about 250 people that would directly enter our healthcare workforce through the, the Workforce Readiness Institute. In all cases, the, the individuals that are coming in and training with us are, are hired on day one of their training program, and then they obtain the foundational skills and knowledge they need to, to really get started. We've also built out, built out partnerships with our regional schools, one um, specifically Colby Sawyer College, where trainees in our apprenticeship programs are actually earning direct college credit while in training and, and working towards their associates in health science. 
So there's really, I think, in all of our, our Workforce Readiness Institute programs, an eye on what it is you need today to be able to enter a healthcare career, but also how we make sure that you're ready for your second step. And how do you recruit people to, um, to join the Health Workforce Readiness Institute? So we are doing recruitment in many different ways. And, and a lot of this is, is we think of it differently in, in many ways than traditional recruitment, um, where there is kind of a, a, an opening or a job posting and you're seeking a, a skill set or an individual to hire directly into that role. We're lo really looking you know, in part at educating and creating awareness of the opportunity that healthcare provides and healthcare careers offer. Um, so we are, are working with a lot of the different state agencies that, that work with people that are seeking employment. So that's one way that we tap into the under or unemployed workforce. Um, we're working with different student organizations and, and school guidance counselors to talk about this as an alternative path to a degree for, for those exiting high school and ready to start start work more immediately. Um, we see in our classrooms great diversity, people that, you know, straight out of high school all the way to kind of second careers or or encore careers, the, you know, people that have, have retired or want to find a way to give back differently. And so we really look at, at how we can create kind of barrier or really remove barriers to entry for most of our programs. On top of that, we are, you know, using all traditional recruitment methods like social media and and information sessions, um, employee referrals, that type of thing to try to connect with people that this might be the right opportunity for. Excellent. Thinking more broadly about Dartmouth Health as a health system, what are the primary efforts to boost healthcare worker recruitment? I think we as an institution have a culture that supports you know, our employees and we really are trying to share that message um, very broadly. Across our whole, our organization, we have a care setting that I think could appeal to just about anyone. We have that kind of the highest acuity and, and, and complex care research opportunities at the Academic Medical Center in Lebanon, but we also have opportunities in our visiting nurse and hospice um, organization or in some of our community and critical access hospitals to really be able to meet a candidate where they are and help them find success in any one of our facilities. So that is that is definitely one way as we as we try to spread kind of the the word about what a, a wonderful and diverse place it is to work within the Dartmouth Health System. And similarly, thinking about the larger health system, what are the primary efforts to boost healthcare worker retention? This is really the key, I think, and, and healthcare organizations everywhere, and especially here at Dartmouth Health, that retention and support of our current workforce, I would say, is our top priority. In essence, retention is our best recruitment strategy. As over the past you know, many years, there's been a real focus on the employee experience and our career development and well-being programs. We've also, uh, over the last year and a half or so, seen a, a large number of employee resource groups come together. And this has really, it's, has really gained momentum and I think is shifting our culture to really support belonging and inclusion and having our employees feel that this is, you know, the, the place that they can really thrive. 
We've also had a real focus on the relationship between our leaders and their team members and have made some pretty um, significant improvements and changes to our performance management programs that incorporate regular check-ins, feedback loops, and, and leader rounding. And lastly, um, we've also had a pretty significant shift and have, have embraced uh, more permanent remote uh, roles for a lot of our, our support teams. So that really has allowed us to tap into different talent pools and, and think about a different work kind of composition that meets employees where, where they're at. What are the barriers to addressing workforce shortages at Dartmouth Health? I think as much as our rural or our rural geography and and the the location that we operate in is a real advantage in some ways it also means that our workforce is more spread out and that you know in many cases people are commuting a long distance in order to come to and from work and well and while rural in nature and and spread out housing and access to to child care are two of two significant barriers that that impact our workforce and in many cases the cost of living in this area has is is on par with many of our urban centers and how are you trying to overcome these barriers we are looking that through looking at that through a couple of different lenses. So one, um, when it, depending on on the different issue, a lot of these are macro issues that take time and a lot of different kind of partner engagement in order to solve. Um, on the housing front, we have we have stood up a, a workforce housing program over over the last two years, and have tied we've really tied that program to our recruitment initiatives, um, knowing that we need to make it possible for people to relocate here to our area and in order to do that housing is a is a is a really key element so we have kind of established a relocation services as well as the the workforce housing program to help people make that transition more possible on the child care front we are working with both our our state partners as well as a lot of different advocacy groups to look at what a what investment in child care more broadly would look at and then locally centrally we are, are working with the different regional groups and centers to think about how we can get get child care centers back to full capacity knowing that they struggle with many of the same workforce challenges that we do child care at the end of the day is kind of is the they are the workforce behind the workforce and they empower almost all other industries to thrive as well as so the last one that I'll mention that I we have very little control over but is is the geography and, and transportation costs but we are looking at you know where ways and, and places where we may be able to put in different commuter supports and, and things like that to make it more possible for those working in our facilities to get to and from work. Excellent. What is Dartmouth doing to establish a work workforce pipeline for new staff members? in addition to the Workforce Readiness Institute. In addition to the Workforce Readiness Institute, we have we have really been working to expand our workforce development and pipeline programs for for a number of years. One that we are particularly proud of is our, is the the work we've done in the youth space and every summer we host the Dartmouth Hitchcock 
summer internship program and upwards of 75 interns join our teams in in a number of different capacities so we have three different groups that are that come on site we have our high school students undergraduate students and then our lna nurse interns so those are nursing students that are that are working through school and we pair um, both in our workforce readiness institutes and our youth programs really meaningful hands-on working learning experiences with some curriculum and professional development so we really want students to be able to evolve not only their their technical skills but also their professional skills as they position themselves for future success we're also in those programs looking to expose all of the different kind of areas of healthcare that that students may not be thinking about kind of past the, the nurse or doctor route, but really highlighting some of the areas like the lab or the pharmacy or radiology, um, that, that these are fantastic areas for students to, to focus their energy or, or direct their career, and uh, but bringing those to life in a way that you can't do outside of the actual work environment. We've also, as we looked at our those those allied health technician roles, started to build out programs where we can take internal employees and sponsor them in a a program through an accredited college where they are doing online kind of course or or coursework and then doing the clinical training in our operating environments. So there's a really wonderful partnership that's forming and we're doing this for medical lab technicians, neurodiagnostic technicians, and echocardio technologists, just to name a few. And this gives us not only an opportunity to, to fill those very hard to fill roles, but it provides a secondary opportunity for an employee of our health system to acquire a new skill set and elevate their career. So those are just a few of the, the program areas that, that we've been building out. Great. What is your forecast for healthcare workforce shortages in 2023 and over the long term? We've known for for years that healthcare was anticipating a, a real workforce shortage and COVID, the COVID-19 pandemic really brought that to the forefront and I think accelerated how quickly we were going to feel the impacts of those shortages because in no way could we have, have forecasted the 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 exit from the industry that we that we saw. So I think in all reality, we are looking at shortages going into the foreseeable future, but I also think it's pushing us to think differently about our workforce. And while you know we look at our roles and, and how healthcare is delivered, we will find ways to incorporate technology and eventually work to a place where we have a more highly skilled but smaller workforce in all likelihood. And I think too, there's going to be a continued focus on on development and helping to really support learners that are entering this field and better supports for students as they transition to practice so that we have a better that we're better able to retain them for the long term. Carolyn, it's been wonderful, wonderful talking with you. Thank you, Chris. I welcome the opportunity to 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 engage with you again. Thank you so much. And thank you in the audience for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast.